Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 67. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So we have got a duo this week, Bix and Joe Bixen. Now, Bix and Joe have worked with leaders and their teams at Starbucks, Guinness, Lululemon, Escada, Goodyear, Microsoft, and many more. Bix and Joe teach legendary leaders to consistently produce materials, outcomes. They have reimagined management for today and, more importantly, tomorrow's world. So, Bix, Joe, welcome to the show. Jeff, thanks for having us. It's great to be with you. (laughs) One of the benefits, everyone's going to talk at exactly the same time. (laughs) So, uh, could you um, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Okay. Jeff, thanks. You know, the, the deal is, for all of us, given it's January 4th, we're all working on our resolutions. And uh, one of my resolutions for 2018 is no more BS conversations. And I'm sure you know what BS stands for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, in working up to where we got to today, if you think about it, uh, if you ask, if I asked you or if I asked anyone on the street, uh, I would say, hey, are you interested in having some BS conversations? <laughs> they would say, of course not. No way. They would agree. Yeah, no more BS conversations. And yet, if we look at many of our conversations every day, or many of what we go through with, we they end up shutting us down. They're inconsistent with who, uh, for sure, I want to be in the world and what I want to create. And so what we've been doing, I've been doing for many, many years, and Joe joined the practice a few years ago, it is really uh, what, what is it that has us acting in ways that are inconsistent with our commitment? And future hacking is because, you know, we wake up into the world, and the world we wake up into is our worldview. And the thing about a worldview is I don't get to choose, for the most part, the worldview I wake up into. My worldview chooses me, and my world gives me what I can think, how I can feel, what I think is important, what I think is all those aspects of it. And what future hacking is about is, first first of all, recognizing that there is a worldview that is the worldview. And it doesn't have to be that worldview is there is a, another way to approach it called a learned view of the world. So for my litmus test, I'm listening to the conversations I'm in and I'm asking myself, is this one more BS conversation? At the end of it, I'm going to say to myself, oh, I should have said this. And why didn't I address this? And why don't we get to this? Yeah, absolutely. So you talking in in a way more radically honest in one way? That's a good way to talk about it. Um yeah, the the uh uh one way that that uh we say is, you know, th- there's this idea of 
you know, we walk into a lot of companies and a lot of organizations, and we've sat through a lot of, uh, each of us in the world have, have sat through a lot of meetings where we sit there and we think, huh, is this the conversation that really is going to make a difference? And, and so that's, you know, that's, it, it, you know, we can keep asking ourselves, we can keep chewing ourselves to, is this conversation that I'm having really going to make the difference? And so, and in our way of saying that is, let's not have any more BS conversations. And, and, and you know, we, we've got to intervene. You know, people want us to intervene. They know it's BS. They know it's not accomplishing what they're committed to. And the, 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 the difficulty is we get so embedded in limiting conversations that we call that reality. And, uh, you know, I love Lily Tomlin's definition of reality. It's simply an ancient form of crowd control that got out of hand. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's brilliant. So I suppose it's it's one of these things, isn't it? it, So where does, for you, this, when you're going into a company point of view, where do you think, do you think this BS is is the sort of the leadership telling their staff what to do? Or do you think it's their staff just going along in the conversation that they think is wanting to be told? What? Where do you think that stems from? It's all the way up and all the way down. Yeah, it, that, yeah that's uh, what I say. Yeah, it floats. Yeah, it's, yeah. All the, yeah, it's all, all the way up. You know, leadership is stuck in all these ways of power dynamics and thinking they're supposed to be this way or that way. And then, uh, of course, the power dynamics, as you go through an organization, has trained us that, you know, we're supposed to relate to people that are in a management position this way, we're supposed to relate to people who are single contributors this way. You know, it's all prescribed before anybody even gets there, before the company even gets there. And of course, now we're, listen- we're living in this world where everything's being disrupted. But a lot of that stuff is still happening even in the disrupted world, in the disrupted digital world. So, in, you know, response to your question, it's pervasive. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah. from from so where does I guess where would from a, your point of view is where do you start from that thing? Do you start from the? Do you look at the the culture? Do you look at the the leadership? What sort of thing do you look at when you're going? Or for example, if there's companies that are going through this challenge and they know that they need to yeah. change, where do you yeah. sort of look at? Well, the key is partnership. Because our work is never to people, <clears throat> pardon me, it's always with people. So uh, our meetings are never about our meetings. They're about their meetings, the company meetings, the leadership meetings, getting done what they're committed to. So the first part is really having them uh, get to what do they want to have, what do they want to have happen here? Um and get them get something out of their mouth that is 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 nervous for them to say is scary for them to say it's really what they want they didn't, they didn't do all the work and all these years in organizations to go through the motions they want to have something happen but they're so confined by the current ways of thinking and acting that they don't have permission to get that stuff out of their mouth so the first thing is get, having the leadership say something that's worth accomplishing and then and then recognizing just like if you were going to 
go go to the Olympics or do something that was way outside your comfort zone, you would find people that would be a resource that would support the hell out of you to get it done. That's what we are. So our first job is to have the leadership commit to something that's worth accomplishing. Without that, we are dead in the water. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's true because I know I've worked I've worked at companies and I, I've I, I know people have worked at companies where they're frightened to say anything because of what the leadership are going to do or the repercussions of actually being able to express you know, maybe some of the things that may be required or maybe some ideas or concepts. And there's and there's just such a, a culture of fear that they are they are maybe the subordinates maybe of the leadership, so they don't necessarily know what they're talking about and the leadership know everything. Yeah, exactly. And so the first way that we, well, the first thing we do when we walk into an organization is we we say we're going to introduce you to some big ideas. Uh, so, you know, our definition of a big idea is uh, something that can actually make an impact. You know, we were talking about no BS conversations. So we're going to introduce you to some big ideas. The first big idea that we ask people to try on. You know, our work is never about we're telling the truth here. Our work is about you get to try on ideas. Uh, so, so the first idea we ask people to try on is that the culture of the company and the DNA of the company is the conversations that people are having. And we ask people to consider that because most conversations about culture and most conversations about the uh, inner workings of business don't leave people with access to the culture. They don't leave people with their hands on the dials and controls of this business that we call power. Power is for us the rate of translating ideas into actions and results. So when an organization is being powerful, when an individual is being powerful within an organization, they're not only coming up with lots of ideas, they're, they're translating those ideas into actions and results with velocity in a time frame that really makes a difference. So, you know, that's the first idea that we ask people to try on is that the culture of the company literally are the conversations that people are having with one another. And and if they're willing to consider that, then the second idea is then each of us as human beings is always having two conversations. There's the conversation that we're comfortable having in the meeting with our boss or with the, our coworkers, and we ask people to call that the foreground conversation. It's the one we're com comfortable with. And then we walk out of the meeting and we go to the coffee shop. No, no, he's the pub. We go to the pub. Ah, the pub. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we don't do we don't do coffee shops in Newcastle. Yeah. It's the pub. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. We're at the pub. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're drinking and we're saying our background conversation, the one that we're uh, less comfortable saying in the meeting. But we come out of the meeting and we say, "Here's how it really is for us." We get we ask people to call that the background conversation, and so you know that's immediately allows people access to uh, the culture of the, of the company because all the conversations in the company that are happening in the background are the culture. 
And we all know when we, when we're, wherever we're in a meeting, we always ask people, which of those two conversations has more influence over our actions? And everyone always says, yeah, the back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, because I remember the conversations you used to have to have after meetings in the canteen. And it was like, well, why the heck didn't you just say that? When, when there was the complaint, why didn't you bring that up to the set? Well, the, no one would listen. So, so, but, so what do you expect us to do if you're bringing it up after the fact? Yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah. It's, a, it's a crazy thing. So when you've had those conversations, how do you sort of bring them? How are you able? I mean, obviously, it's not as easy as having a 10-minute a, a conversation, but how do you bring them, start bringing them together to work as a, as a cohesive yeah. force? Yeah, so what happens as, uh, you know, we put people in little, in little if, depending on the size, 15 people, 20 people, 500 people, doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. People in little groups and have them write down their background conversations about different aspects of the company and the management and what they're doing. And, and Jeff, they fill up pages, pages of this stuff. <laughs> consistent and we've worked in every culture in the world and every time we go to some place they say oh they'll never write their background conversations in china they'll never do that in saudi arabia they'll never do that in malaysia or whatever everybody does it and so once then we have people read them out loud as a little group or team and we know it's working when people start laughing because they're now able to say the things that everybody's thinking, that they're all saying in the pub, and there's this profound sense of release. Oh my, this, it, we can actually t- tell the truth here. And then what happens is we allow people to see that almost all those conversations are stories and generated from the past. And if we keep operating from the past, the future will simply be an extension of what we already yeah. have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep on doing what you've always done. You'll keep on getting the same results sort of thing. Yeah. And I suppose is as well as, is that must be very liberating for the staff because once they hear one person say it, all of a sudden is it kind of like gives the rest of them permission in, in one way. It just takes one courageous person just to go, all right, okay, no, I'm going to say this. If this is what we're doing and we're playing seriously here, I'm going to say this and then let's open the floodgates and get it all out. Yeah. And let's yeah, see what magic happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's profound for people. And now I've had the opportunity because I've been do so, doing this so long to watch this simple idea infuse itself throughout large global organizations. So, you know, what we are introducing to people and organizations are what we, as Joe says, these big ideas Mm -hmm. and these big ideas then get translated into practices and a practice is an action you take to create new habits. If you want to increase your performance, you're going to have to practice differently. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I suppose the more they consistently do that, the more the habits are created and embedded, the more the culture changes into a more beneficial one. And then Bob's your uncle, Nelly's your aunt. You have this, <laughs> this culture that's formed, that's working for the company and that's how it wants to and its future. It's, that's what future hacking is, yeah? Yeah, and, you know, Nelly doesn't become your aunt after six months. Bob's your uncle's fine. (laughs) We're not going to give you Nelly for six months. No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. So brilliant. Excellent. Thanks very much. Okay, so after that that insightful bombshell about Nelly, we're going to move over to the second part of the show. So this is... 
this is an opportunity where I get to ask our guests the um, the questions I ask every guest who appears on the show. So, Bix, Joe, are you ready for this? Ready! Okay, so first question is, how much time do you spend a week on self-development? Oh, God. Tons. You know, <laughs> podcasts, books, uh, <laughs> movies. Uh, it's our life. Uh, you know, it's my, yeah, this is not, this is not a job. It's a vocation for me. Yeah. Uh, how would you talk about it? Joe's always bringing in these weird books to read for me to read that I can't understand. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's, uh, it's all the time, every day, all day. Yeah. It feels like, and, yeah. and so fortunately or not for the people around us. <laughs> and do you prefer physically reading or do you like listening to audio books? I mean, you mentioned podcast podcasts there, Bix. Do you have a preference? I like, I really, I mean, the genius of podcast is long form journalism. You know, we got, we've, we got so trained out of long form journalism with the, with modern media that it's a gift now to have, to hear people's stories and to actually have the insight into people's lives the way we do now. It's, you know, it's, it, it's just an incredible gift when you think about it. And but I but I like both, and I like reading my Kindle where I get to highlight everything and then ha- and then compile eighty seven thousand pages of notes, which yeah are overwhelming. But Joe's but then Joe's taken it all, and he's he, and he's he's a uh, geek as far as getting things organized and and taking all this stuff that I've had all over the world and getting it into some cogent form. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, next question is question number two is what is your favorite person development book and why? Mm-hmm. We get two this time, so you can choose one each. So there you go. Mm. Let's see. Uh, one of yeah, I know this may have been the one that Bix was thinking, but the one of our favorites, one of our favorite authors, is a guy named Keith Marin, and and he is a. Uh, uh, you know, his first book that we read was um, Consulting Mastery, which uh, really was a uh, uh, well-written, uh, you know, great ideas in the world of consulting. And then his latest book is called The Golden Flame, which is about um, uh, what what does it take to have extraordinary or remarkable leadership. And so he introduces he uh, he has a chronicles the lives and the uh, the tales of leadership of a bunch of different people who are absolutely inspiring. And then also, you know, deconstructs what is actually happening that has these people acting the way they're acting. And, you know, the ideas are really that these folks are on other focused. In other words, they don't have their focus on themselves and they're inner driven. In other words, they have found a set of values or a set of ideas that they continue to act from versus being, pulled in different directions every time a new idea comes forward. So we, you know, anyway, Keith Barron is, is one of our favorite authors. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah, really one of them is Frederick Leloux's reinventing organizations. And I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, but he did three years of research going around the world and locating nine companies that were all operating out of the same principles that were literally key, literally Jeff self-managed, and and he captured well, what? How do we design a company 
that literally the people themselves can manage with all gone are all these hierarchical ideas and really allows is three things. One is you have an evolutionary purpose, something that's really worth accomplishing. Then you have processes that allow people to operate independently and yet as really high functioning teams. And third, you have, you design the culture. So it's big enough for the whole person. Mm. Okay. But that's reinventing organizations. Yeah. Please, yes. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Okay, question number three is, what is your favorite app? Mm. Just what just one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or two, because obviously there's two of you. <laughs> We're into the podcasts app. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, podcast yeah. app. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even then, now there's loads and loads of new podcasts yeah, coming exactly. out. So it's not just the one on iTunes. I think I no, use Down, Downcaster, I think I use as my mm. as my default one. Mm. So there's loads of different gotcha. choices with them. Okay, yeah. brilliant. Question number four, um, we will go with Bix first, is what is your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? Um, I think the ongoing biggest mistake is to doubt my own confidence. Um, you know, I've always, you know, the approach that we've created over the many years has always been a radical approach. And, you know, so... Uh, we, you know, I think we all have the imposter syndrome. We all have self-doubt. But I, but my mistake is to forget. Oh yeah, uh, I've, I'm feeling like an imposter. I don't have the experience in these companies that all these people have. They must know thousands tough times more than I'll ever do. How can I ever measure up? And so every every time I do that, I have to. Um, uh, really feel bad about myself for considerably long periods of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an in, it's an interesting one because I was having yeah. I was having a group conversation today with a group of um, holistic business owners about that, and it's a it's a it's a real popular it's a popular one that we love just picking up off the shelf and keep bringing back. It's like perfectionism. It's just the, that one that likes to keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about you, Joe? Yeah, I'd say along the same lines is, um, you know, when when I walk into a business, you know, I'm a millennial. And so there's so much of the world is saying, OK, this something's happening here with millennials. You know, either they're lazy or they're um, uh, they're, you know, ungrateful <laughs> you know, or there's some kind of way that the people currently relate to millennials. And so every time that I've I've walked into a business and I've somehow bought the story, you know, because uh, I see so much inside of the world of millennials that that is happening. You know, Bix just mentioned the book Reinventing Organizations. And there is this shift in uh, the world, you know, whether it's uh, a shift from hierarchical management to self-management or from a, you know, linear um, world to an exponential world or from, you know, analog to digital. There's all these things happening. And when I don't acknowledge that um, millennials really have a um, big part to play in the next wave of what is happening in the world, and when I don't represent myself as somebody who is really 
uh, uh, can be a leader in that and can, um, you know, call the world to that because there's, there is so much available now with digital, now with networked network effects and, and, um, you know, real possibility for shifting some of the global challenges that we're dealing with. So when I don't, you know, when I don't, when I don't, when I cut myself off from, um, uh, really acknowledging that that is possible and, and buy into some story about millennials, that's when I, made yeah. the biggest mistakes yeah yeah i, I get what you mean and, and it's interesting the stories that we can latch on to and then because it doesn't matter whether it's millennials or with with me it's because i'm dyslexic and i left school at 16 so therefore someone who's gone and had a degree and gone on to you know master education and god knows what has got to know more than me or whatever it is it's it's whatever it's whatever stories we tell ourselves can go down that route so thank you very much for sharing that Okay, question number four, five is, what are your challenges in harmonizing between work and life, and how do you manage them? Well, let's see, work and life um, is that we have a very close family, um, and we're all open to supporting each other in, in really – taking on our lives the way we want to take, take it on. Mm. Um, so, uh, I really don't find a gap. I, I think, you know, if you ask my wife, she'd probably think, say you're working all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I would probably say, yes, I'm working all the time. <laughs> so, uh, but, but we have fun. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah, I'd say that it, it, along the same lines is uh, that, you know, really, I, uh, I'm i always immersed. I'm always either listening to podcasts and learning and, and thinking about how we could apply it to uh, our work or, you know, in conversations with Bix, who is, you know, family and my business partner. Yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah. you know, that's... But, it can, but it, of course, yeah. working for your family, because I've, I've always worked for my, for my families up until I started on my own. And it um, has its own unique set of challenges, ooh, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. can be amazing fun, but of course has its own set of challenges. And it's, you know, some families get it and other families balance goes completely out the window and mm. every, every occasion where you meet becomes a board meeting. So it's trying, oh. it's that, it's that fine balance, isn't it really? Mm. Yeah. yeah. People ask me what it's like for, to work with Joe and I say, he's very patient. <laughs> brilliant okay yeah. question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out mm. that you can create and fulfill uh the future right that that that's available to all of us and the world is a continuous invalidation machine. The way, I, the way I talk about it is by the time you check out at the supermarket and you read the magazine covers, you're not rich enough, famous enough, tall enough, handsome enough, skinny enough, or, or, or anything enough. And that the world is continuously an invalidation machine. And to continue to be true to your commitment and what's possible and to, and to act from that versus what the world is telling us all the time. Yeah, I'd say the same thing, which is for all of us, the future really only holds two outcomes. One is regret 
and one is possibility. Yeah, brilliant. Wow. I like that one. And that's a tweet, that one. Joe, okay. I, think, I think that is a tweet. Okay, right. question, <laughs> question number seven is, what is your definition of success? Mm, um, being true to yourself. Uh, yeah, being true to myself. Um, and uh, last night, you know, Canada lost one of its greats great music, music, musicians last year in Leonard Cohn. And they had a tribute to him last night on television where all these great artists came together and played his song. And I love his, his, the line I wrote down is poetry is just the evidence of life. If your life is burning well, poetry is just the ashes. Don't confuse the fire with the ashes. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, he was a genius, that man. Yes. He really was. And Joe, what about you? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, one of the uh, things that we do is we go in and we speak with a lot of leaders. And so, you know, what a leader's job is and, and where how a leader can know whether they're successful is whether the people around them are successful. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. I love that one. Okay, question number eight is, do you have any morning routines that help you get into the right zone in the morning? Like get start your day with a bang and a pop? Well, our our dog Marley stop, starts my day. Right. Uh, okay. he, he's absolutely saying, Bix, it's time to wake up. We're going to the coffee shop. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and then I walk down the street with, or the alley with him to the... Thank goodness I have a coffee shop on the corner of where we live, uh, and and get my cappuccino and and uh, learn how to hold the cappuccino and pick up his poop with, yeah. the, with, with the other. Yeah, other oh, it's, it's a fine art, Bix. It's a fine yeah. art. Yeah, it is hard. Uh, and then um, and then go to the gym. So uh, you know the gym. It, for me, and, I, and I'm pretty sure Joe's going to say the same thing, is one of those times where, okay, this is part of, this is important routine that we, we you know, we like being fit, we like being alive, we want to, it's, it's, for us, it's a, it's a way to ground ourselves every day. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that something like that exercise drives you sane. Yeah, you know, we we all wake up, you know, with whatever we've got, and then you give yourself the opportunity to some type of routine in the morning, like exercise, gives you the opportunity to be sane again. Brilliant, excellent. Okay, so question number seven, uh, no, question number seven, eight, nine, ten. I think it's or well, something like that. Anyway, the last question um, is a life lesson question. So that is based on my experiences through recovering my illness and starting my own business, and I wrote down some life lessons that basically you pick a number between 1 and 50, and whatever number that lands on, lands on a lesson, and it starts a conversational topical point. Um, I will share with you why I came up with that, my thoughts, and then you give me your feedback on that and your experience. It's fine for you to disagree with it, because obviously it's my experience, and you may have got a different one. So sure. the number between 1 and 50? 37. 37. Always helping others. So for me, that was a, it was a big part to realize that yeah. by, well, it, really it speaks for itself, doesn't it really? It, it was a, it was an amazing 
booster when I realized that I wanted to be a coach, especially. And I was realizing that I was, I love seeing the spark in people's eyes of, you know, realization and personal empowerment and all of that sort of cool stuff. And when you were able to give that gift to someone and help someone and see them do something with it, which is obviously the most important bit as well, to to get some benefit from it, it just it completely juices me and, and takes me to a different level. So I wonder as you know, you guys are coaches and consultants and those yeah. sort of things. So I wonder what your thoughts were on that. Right on, man. Right on, Jeff. Good one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know what I mean? When you see that spark in their eye, you just it's know when you, yeah, yeah, you know when you get it. It's like yeah. a drug. Yeah. It's yeah. it just keeps you wanting to do it for more and more and more. And you guys, you guys can't see this listening, but when I'm saying spark and a drug, you can see these guys nodding profusely on the TV screen. (laughs) So you know that they've got it. But it is, it's one of those things, isn't it? That they just absolutely, it's just an amazing gift. It's one of the greatest gifts you can do is to go and help others. Even if it's not from a coaching point of view, whether it's to give some charitable work or something, it's just to give to someone else. Beautifully said. Brilliant. So... You agree? (laughs) We're with you. Love it. Fantastic. Well, guys, it's come to the end of the show. So the floor is yours. Where can people find out more about you? How can they connect with you? Um, Because I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that would like to find out more. With with shipping and handling, just pay for shipping and handling, and you will receive. (laughs) Yeah, it's a JVC advert. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, So our website is uh, our our last name, which is Bixon, and that's spelled B as in boy, I-C-K-S-O-N, number two, dot com. So Bixon, two, dot com. And then you... we're just recording Bix's audio book, and, and, but you can already download the, the Bix book uh, on Amazon. Right. So it's, it's called the Bix book, okay. and you can actually uh, go to the, the website, which will take you to Amazon and check it out there, which is called thebixbook.com, and Bix okay. is B-I-X. B-I-X. Brilliant. Excellent. All right. And can they find all your social media links and everything on your website as well? It's all there, yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much. And as it's January, again, wishing you all the very best for 2018. Thanks very much for joining me. And Oh, you're an awfully lot of fun there. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It makes a huge difference to get on the podcast with you and have these kind of fun, open, gen- generative conversations. So thank, thank you. you so much for your generosity. Well, yeah, wishing you the greatest pleasure. success and you look after yourself. All right. Cheers. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. And it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show. That's really nice. Really does help me make the show even better. If you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links, then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk. You can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me 
grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.